Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. Well, good morning, evening, and afternoon to all of our listeners. We want to take another second to thank you guys for joining us on today's episode. No matter how you guys are listening, we're grateful that you're here. We want you guys to know that our podcast is on multiple platforms, and if you can give us a like, a follow, or a subscription, all of those help this podcast get out to more and more folks. If you all like this content, please consider giving us some stars and write us a review as well. All that interaction helps us get as many listeners as possible and shares the gospel to as many folks as we can. Well, here we are, episode 39. Abram, this is going to be your last one for a while, right? You're going to use two? Yeah, you guys you guys don't get me for two weeks. Oh, man, why? What's going on? Uh, nothing really. Nothing's coming up. You got a busy uh, schedule or something? Yeah, I just I'm out of town. Wednesdays yeah. at one. Something, yeah, Wednesdays at on? one. I'm I'm out. I just I'm busy. Yep. Busy yeah. with what? Uh, well, I'll be getting jiggy with it. I'm getting married. <laughs> Do with that what you like. Gross. <laughs> We're excited for you you to be married. Hey, hey it doesn't Abram. have to be something weird. Just do with that what you like. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, so, Nate, it's just going to be you and I, probably. Yeah. You know, uh, welcome. Welcome to the show, guys. Um, let's get through our announcements coming up, and then we'll dive right into um, our sermon series. Like Michael Phelps. <laughs> if you were a real uh, Olympic nerd, you'd know he's not a diver. I think he came to our school, actually. What? Eh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it was somebody else. He's, but anyway. He's not a diver. Announcements. Yeah, I... Um, so I'm fighting something in the old lungs, so if I'm coughing, I do apologize. But uh, Smoker's cough. <laughs> um, this Sunday is Be Generous Sunday. And so so obviously, if you're listening to this, what what is what is today? The 11th? What is today? Mm-hmm. The 11th. October 11th. Yeah, so if you're listening to this after this Sunday coming up, well, then that was last Sunday. Hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, anyways, it's to me, it's the most outside of... Uh, Easter, mm-hmm. it is the most important Sunday of the year, and uh, and I'm hoping that everybody will be there, and or if not, um, that you'll at least get online. Um, and if you can't do it online live, that you'll at least watch it at some point that week, or you're going to miss out on really some really cool things. Sure. So for folks at Avenue, um, if this is your first time being a part of our church during a Be Generous sort of a Sunday or campaign. Nate, can you kind of give the folks that have never been to one an idea what it is? Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> we kind of celebrate what God did last year and maybe well, kind of a little bit the previous years, um, but it is just a huge, generous campaign. That's really what it, why we call it Be Generous, and um, we do. We ask for we're, we ask for money, and but every single penny that we ask for leaves. Um, our church. So um, it, it's really cool. You, you just need to be there. I can't, I, I don't want to give too much away. You just got to be there. It's, yep. or, or at least watch online. Nate's, be there and invite. Nate's catchphrase You don't want to miss next week. Every week. <laughs> you don't want to miss next week. You don't want to miss it. You got to be here. Mm-hmm. That's right. I know what you're saying. It, yeah. It's funny. And so the, and then the next thing is trunk and treat. Um, that is uh, the 29th. Is that right? Mm-hmm. 29th. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I'm just looking at the old calendar over there. Yeah, 29th. So it's a Sunday evening. It's the last Sunday of the month, and um, it's great. We just love on our community. Um, there's tons of trunks, and I think I was told there's a professional balloon, um, like animal balloons or something like that. Yeah, it's so a face it's painting. Seth made kidding. me laugh so hard on yeah. Sunday morning. I, I was behind the drum kit, okay, when Liz was giving announcements. Yeah. And the way that Liz phrased it, 
Seth turned around and said, there's going to be professional balloon animals there, <laughs> as in animals that make yeah. the balloons, yeah, 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 yeah. and I about died laughing on stage. I don't know why that was so funny to me, but just yeah. the way that she said it. Of course. Yeah, but there will be professional people who work with balloons, balloons. to make animals. And I think face painting, too. Like, it's Probably, not just yeah. your everyday yeah. face painter. Yeah, I think sure. it's a person who knows what they're doing. Um, and then, of course, uh, other things. There's going to be horses there. There's going to be, I think, food trucks and all kinds of fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have Rise FM there. Yep. Um, they're going to be pl- blasting music the whole time. So it's just it's just an absolutely fun night. We want everybody to get involved and uh, tell everybody about it. Yep. If you are looking for a safe place to bring your kids um, instead of the usual trick-or-treat, you know, whatever kind of na- na- neighborhood that you're a part of, mm-hmm. come to Avenue Church. Um, yeah. 1756 Park Avenue West. Yep, that's right. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, so we were, that was part four Sunday, the role of rules. You have to like kind of slow down or like you get all tongue-tied. The role of rules. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, so the whole point of this one was it's just the next, it's the next stop along this journey of um, getting us to ultimately following Jesus, you know, that as adults, as uh, or. Uh, I even go as far as to say teenagers, um, at least high school students, that we can have real honest conversations. Like we'll have like adult conversations about like why are bad things in this world? Why, like why do bad things happen to good people? Or why does it seem like evil always wins? You know, yada, yada, yada. So each week plays off of each other. And so rules is the next step. They are in every religion. Um, many I would say almost everybody would say, yeah, every religion has their rules, and that's what controls the religion. Um, for sure, I would say that is the argument that most people have, regardless of your religious background. But in the case of Christianity, although Christians have made it that way at most of the time, it's not that way. Um and that's what this Sunday was all about, is that the idea is that rules played an important role in every one of our lives. And that's why I said rules assume a relationship. Mm-hmm. So wherever there's a rule, there's an expectation that it's for people um, because there's a relationship there. And somehow we're trying to honor one another um, by obeying the rules. And when the rules are broken, that's when people get hurt um, in, in whatever way. So so I want to ask you guys a question. One of the one of the things that we talked about were the different kinds of of rule models mm-hmm. um so i'm interested in you fellers which model did you grow up in um in regards to faith in regards to like yeah in regards to the family model the club model or the neighborhood association model um or were you taught a certain way but you experienced it differently you experienced something else mm. i'm interested in knowing yeah what, i th- I think if I had to fit into one of those categories, it would be probably the most legalistic one. So would that be the club model, probably? You know, like, if you want to be a part of this, if you want to call yourself a Christian, you know, then you have to do A, B, and C. Yeah, and if you don't, are you kicked out? Maybe not kicked out, but just you're not part of it. Like, you know, you can't call yourself a Christian sort of a thing, or... um, Oh, okay. Like, like in regards to... Maybe a combination of... The club and neighborhood, because mm-hmm. you can't be kicked out, but at the same time they're going to make it really difficult on you if you don't live by the right. Like 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 if your family is still part of it and things yeah. like that, you know. So it's almost like not really shunned, but you know, <laughs> I not, not I, Amish. I think I grew up right. Um, I think I grew up pretty legalistic, and and, and that's 
partly because of how I just understood things. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was afraid to read out of different translations because the one we read through at church, it had to be the right one, you know? Oh. Like, you know, so it's like, I didn't get into other translations Maybe, of maybe the it would Bible. be the Neighborhood Association model, mostly. You know, yeah. or like, um, I remember... Um, in youth group, when I did start attending then, that's when a lot of my um, uh, things that I thought were really challenged, um, and I kind of opened my eyes a little bit more there, because I, I remember a specific event where um, I was a part of the youth group, I was really close with the youth pastor, and um, there were these other boys that came in. They would only show up on Wednesday nights, they'd never be a part of church, and yep. they were like the skater boys, okay? Mm-hmm. They had like the long hair, the ears, the ripped jeans, you know, they were like, they just looked like rough kids, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember when they walked in, I leaned over to my youth pastor and I said, are we going to let those guys in here? Mm-hmm. I said that. Mm-hmm. And I was totally backwards and twisted, you know? Yeah. And I remember him looking at me and he's like, yes, they're allowed here. Why would you say that? And I said, well, because look at them. I mean, they, they, they obviously don't take this seriously. You know, yeah. they obviously aren't like us. Like, it was, I was so legalistic that I was, like, casting judgment on these people I never met, you know. And I remember my youth pastor had to talk to me about that. Yeah. You know, and he was like, that's, that's, that's not okay. You know, that's not how you think. That's not how you, you, you can't judge people like that, you know. And, he's, and the, he, he, was, he was understanding about it because he's like, you know, I know how easy it is to pass judgment, but you need to get that frame of mind out, out of your way. Yeah. So I, I, th- I think if that's club or neighborhood or if you said a combination of both, then I think that's probably where I was mm-hmm. up, until, up <clears throat> until high school. Yeah. I would definitely think that was more HOA type model. That would make sense. Yeah. <clears throat> Abram. <laughs> Cunningham. Man, I don't know. I really don't know. Um. Like, I, I mean, I grew up in a house that I considered, I feel like I considered pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. Like, we had rules, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I had a strong dad. Um, I had a, I had a good mom. I don't want to say strong and good or different things, but like a strong dad, a good mom. Um, I was held accountable. You know, I had rules in my life. So as far as faith goes, I think, I think our church... I think our church was good about. I'm just trying to put it in the words. <clears throat> our church was good about preaching. I think the good things that we that we should have known and should have been aware of, yeah. and that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as for me growing up, it wasn't quite as. Um, I don't want to say catered to, but like the the understanding. Like I think I think our church, as far as um, kind of that upper upper high school adult, was good um, and balanced. But I think for kids, it was a little bit probably it didn't trickle down quite as well. So okay. I think it was I think it was more so like you kind of you kind of you kind of follow the you kind of follow the rules. You kind of do the things you're supposed to do, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Um, which is probably easy for that to happen, mm-hmm. but I think that that was probably more so what I grew up in. So I'd say as an adult, like it was pretty, re- I would say reasonably balanced, um, and and the understanding, the emphasis was never on ourselves at our church. Yeah, like it was never on it was never on what we could do or what our outward expression was, but Jesus was definitely the main center yeah. of our church growing up. Yeah, was like was very much you're a sinner 
and you need a savior. Yeah. <laughs> that was very much that was very much what I grew up yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah, I would say and again I didn't grow up in church, but my experience is probably more of the uh neighborhood association model like it's the um we had a relationship that um I don't know, my dad had rules for the family which is good, but it it wasn't really about the relationship. It's like these are the rules, mm-hmm. you know. And um and so I don't know. I was a rule follower. I hated breaking rules. Mm-hmm. I was terrified to break rules. And every, anytime that I ever, quote unquote, broke one, I was like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, my brother is the opposite. So um, I don't know. It was really difficult for me because, I, again, I was a rule follower. But a rule for me, I, I experienced that rules were just because this is what they are and you got to obey them. And if not, you're going to be in big trouble. Um, it wasn't because my dad loved me. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that at all. Um, and so, uh, but when we got to, I don't know, when I got to the idea of church, um, some of the churches I've been to, it actually felt like a family model. Um, it was encouraging that they actually cared about me and then then began to teach me certain ways. So <clears throat> I can't say that I've had really a bad experience when it comes to the church, for the most part, about rules. Um but my family, though, I would say we were kind of the neighborhood association model. Yeah, mm-hmm. they couldn't kick me out. You know, right. my mom would always say, "You know, I could, br- I t- brought you in this world, I'll take you out." <laughs> I, I think all moms say that at yeah. some point. <laughs> so I, uh, it was, yeah. I, again, I think it was. I, I grew up in one of those. Uh, what would you call it? like an old-fashioned moral home? Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't allowed to speak to my any. I wasn't allowed to speak to adults unless they spoke to me. Same. You know, and so. Um, I got the paddle. I got uh, you name anything. I got it probably. Um, it, it was just that's just what it was. But it didn't feel like it was a relationship. Um, it just felt like I'm your kid. I got to obey the rules, and then when it's time, I'll move out. Um, I don't think it feels that way like anymore. Um, as an adult now with them, but but it did then. And so again, I had to do the same thing with my kids, but I want them to know I love them. I had a great mentor, um, that when I was going through school, uh, I lived with him three or four days of the week, him and his wife and his kids. And he had two older kids, um, as well. And I, I actually got to watch this in play. Like one of those kids broke a rule and it really, like basically he hurt his mother's feelings. He was mm-hmm. probably seven or eight years old. And, um, and she told Mark and he, what are you going to do about that? So I got to watch him discipline his kid, and it was beautiful. Like it was one of those where he took him into the be- bedroom. He told him why he's getting a spanking. He spanked him. Afterwards, told him how much he loved him, and but told him the consequences for our actions. I thought, man, that's brilliant. Uh, I, I never experienced any of that. So so I try to implement that, implement that now as a, as a dad. And um, just to see the beauty behind what the whole point of a rule is and a relationship is and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I, I want to, when you think about Exodus and like the, the Ten Commandments, my first, my first thought is what, what's your opinion on the Ten Commandments? Like what was your experience if you had, an, if you have kind of an experience growing up with Ten Commandments and religion and rules. Did you have anything like that? Sure, yeah. So um, my family was probably your 
typical middle-class family that called themselves Christians but didn't really attend church, but they they adopted that sort of faith like they believe in God, and there's Christian principles. Yeah. So um, I thought growing up um, the only way that you could sin was if you broke one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Anything else yeah. that's not there is okay. Yeah. Like, you were just vibing. You're like, all right, let's go. It's <laughs> He's like the rich young ruler. That's legalism sort of yeah. thing. No, like, I totally hey, if get it's it. not written down, if it's not mentioned, then... A lot of people are like that. Yeah, yeah. I get it. And um, so they were, I knew what the Ten Commandments were from a young age, um, didn't have them memorized. <clears throat> but the thing about the Ten Commandments is when, is when you're young, you read them literally, you know, for face value, and you don't dig into how Jesus describes the Ten Commandments, you're going to think you're good on all of them, you know? There might be one sure. or two that you're just like, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. I struggle with, yeah. you know, um, lying, right? Yeah. You know, but it's like, I've never murdered. So I'm good. Yeah, don't you know? covet your neighbor's wife. Yeah, never committed adultery. <laughs> you're like, okay, you know? good. I'm like eight, Check. bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel I, I feel like a lot of folks are in that similar boat. Um, I mean, of course, I think of them differently now, but that that wasn't the question. So I'll let somebody else yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say as a kid, and I honestly, now that I'm thinking about it. Like, I think you think of the Ten Commandments. Like, I don't think I ever remember my house, like, them being drilled into me or anything like that. Um, and actually, I'll take a little segue here for a moment. Um, my mom, as years has gone on, has gotten way deeper in her faith than she was when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Way deeper. So, like, I don't want to say that our home wasn't Christian, um, because we were, we were, we were very, we went to church every Sunday. Yeah. Um, my mom read her Bible and we prayed and we, we like, we were, I think, actively pursuing as a kid. Um, my dad has always been, I don't want to bash him, but he's been a little lackluster, I'd say, in personal faith. I think his faith is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as growth, it's not super, um, emphasized for him. Yeah. And so I I would say like as a kid growing up, I think I kind of adopted that. Mm-hmm. Kind of adopted the idea of like, yep, like I'm in and I like I I'm in on this. I believe it. Yeah, I'm here good. you go. Like, Black and white. Yep. Don't yep, mess. All right. Yep. We're good. Um <clears throat> but as far as the Ten Commandments, I think I probably learned them more so in church. You know, it's kind of like that Sunday school idea. Yeah. But I'd say where I think we failed was translating the Ten Commandments to Jesus. Mm. And I think that's where that I think that's where that disconnect happens and where yeah. that where that creates is yeah. we don't follow that up. Like in Sunday school we're like, oh here's the Ten Commandments. And you're like, okay, well that's cool. Yeah. But you're like, well <laughs> all right. So yeah, like kinda like to go with what Nick said. It's like, all right, so if I'm good to, I'm good to go. Like yeah. that's it. And and I, I just think, and I don't think that's necessarily, it's just hard as a kid. You yeah. don't get the whole picture. How they translate it to Matthew 5, 6, and right. 7. Yeah. And it's like, so, okay, it's like, well, here's this, and this is what God gave, but then this is what Jesus mm-hmm. tells us, and here's why, mm-hmm. right? And then I just don't think that that cohesiveness was given well as yeah. a kid. Yeah. And whether that's a, who knows, who know the product of, you know, just overlooked things or whatever, right? It's easy to do that, but... I think that that was probably what what I got. Mostly it was a Sunday school thing, probably. Yeah. All right, so it says in Exodus 20, it says, Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God 
who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. And then he says, the first commandment, you must not have any other God but me. So I, I want to talk about that. I think there's a lot of depth in just those three verses. And um, so here, my question then is, why is this important in giving the rules? Why, why was it important before he gave rule number one mm-hmm. to say, I'm the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery? What, 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 why would that be important? Why, why does he even need to say that, even though they all experienced it? So why does he need to say that? Why can't he just say, okay, rule number one? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, I don't think he, ne- he felt the need to establish who he was, because obviously he led them out of slavery and all of these things, and the nation of Israel had, or- had already prayed to him, and they already had, you know, a history, right? So it's like they knew who God was, but it's one of those things, and I, th- I, th- I think all of us at this table can kind of agree that when you've been something for a while, it's kind of easy to just get comfortable and just kind of fit into a rhythm sort of a thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need that one moment to just like bring you back or just like maybe it's that realization or that shock factor or like, yeah. you know, you just need, maybe you just need to screw up mm-hmm. to realize, oh my gosh. I haven't been doing this, I haven't been in my Bible, I haven't been in a study, you know, like, and then you start to realize I've gotten comfortable and I've kind of lost where I was, you know, maybe maybe I haven't grown or something like you were saying about your Yeah, dad, for sure. Right? So I think God just needed to establish that and felt the need to say, I am the Lord your God who rescued you out of Egypt. Remember that? Yep. Remember how bad slavery was, you know? But he also <laughs> is like... 400 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's also like, <laughs> you had rules when you were in slavery, but these are different rules. And these rules come from a different place, uh, yeah. you know? And so then he started, you shall, have not, you shall not have any other gods before me. And that, that probably would have been really relevant for, you know, Jerusalem because, uh, or the, or the is- Israelites, excuse me, because um, they were around a polytheistic nation for, you know, I mean, Egypt had all these kind yeah. of gods. Yeah, you know, so Canaan right? and things like that. Right, so he just wanted to reiterate, hey, the, no other gods before me, not like what the people in Egypt did. Yeah, that's good. You know? Hmm. Uh, I think, I think God's heart here is shown. I think that if you really read this and you, and you think like, number one, does God have all authority to say this? Yes. Like the easy answer is God wanted to, right? But I think the why is he is just reminding people, the people who he has had quite a history with, right? Is to say, listen, you got to remember who I am. Yeah. And number one, you got to recognize who this is coming from. Yeah. Because if he's not a good God, right? These rules are not taken the right way. And so he's like, listen, you got to understand who this is coming from and why it's important. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's establishing a reminder, you know, like a reminder of, listen, I'm doing, I'm doing this. And these are coming from a place of, of care, a place of, um, value a place of mm. uh of good and so i think that he's establishing listen you gotta you gotta understand recognize and uh and be reminded of what this is and who it's coming from yeah that's i mean that's why i think that again this is the expectation that um rules assume a relationship he wants a relationship yeah um this isn't just like hey i'm god therefore do what i say 
Um, he has every right to do that. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't. And he says, man, I want to I remind you that while you were in slavery, you couldn't get out. And the only way that you're getting out was me. And, and guess what? You didn't even earn it. Like, mm-hmm. just, just once you know, you didn't work hard enough. Um, you weren't a slave good enough. Um, you know, um, my compassion has always been there, but there was a point for why I was doing this. And it was almost kind of like this is a foreshadowing of what was to come anyways. You know, uh, what was that, 1,400, 1,300 years later? 1,400 mm-hmm. years later. And, like, this is a this is a picture. I want to remind you that before I give you any rules to live by, understand that I am the Lord your God, right? I love you. I care about you. I got you out when you couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think just by doing that, too, he's he's reiterating to the people that there are such things as bad rules. Yes. You you lived in those bad rules for a long time. You were deemed lesser. You were slaves. You had to do whatever Pharaoh said. You had to die for Pharaoh. You yeah. had to work night in and night out and, and these crazy hours, and you had to, you know, you weren't fed enough, and you weren't taken care of enough, and there was no breaks. He's, he's, he, he's like, there is such thing as bad rules, but I've got good rules, yeah. and there's a difference. And they're going to protect you. And yeah. I'm going to show you what these good rules are. You're yeah. not just, freedom isn't really free, <laughs> sort of a thing. Uh, so my, my next question would be, why is yeah. his first rule, like, no other gods before me there, um, why does that even exist, knowing he is the only God? Like, why would he have to say that? I, my, maybe the question is, what is he assuming? Why, is he, why, is, why did he make sure the first rule is, have no other gods but me, even though no other gods exist, and he knows that. Like, what, what's he what's he trying to assume here? Hmm. Well, he's assuming that he knows what the people are doing while he's talking to Moses. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, he, he can probably see it happen. Right. All, I mean, all time is laid out in front of him. And so the idea, I think, what, what, why, is he <laughs> sa- why is he saying you must not have any other god but me. Well, because yeah. he's saying you can't put something else in front. And it's like little g. You can't put something else in front of me. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, these rules, they don't matter. Yeah. I was watching a podcast um, that I'm thinking of now, and I believe it was Russell Brand. Okay. Okay. Um, I've listened to him a lot. The, the dude has came a long way. Yeah, he okay. really has. Um, I'm I'm not sure if he is, you know, a Christian, Jesus Messiah Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. But but he's definitely. I mean, he's like more he's like playing playing with that. Yeah, <clears throat> and 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 one of the things that he said it, it relates right to this. And like he was talking about, you know, that first commandment, and he said it this way that. Humanity, we're created to worship, right? And we're going to worship something, whether that's our phones, people, our jobs, money. We're going to worship something because that's how that's what we've been created to do. Yeah. So when God mm-hmm. says, "Thou shalt not have any other gods before me," yeah, He's establishing that I recognize that you guys will be easily persuaded and easily moved to worship whatever makes you feel the best, but don't fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Worship me and you will be safe yeah sort of a thing it was a great interview yeah that's actually really cool yeah. i mean I, that that's my 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 understanding is that he's just trying to make sure that like today on our the biggest argument that i see today even in christians today is this idea that all lo- all roads lead to heaven 
all roads lead to God. Right. No matter what you believe, all roads lead to Him. And I, I am tired of hearing Christians even say this, that between Islam, Jews, and Christians, we all have the same God. We do not. I'm sorry. Yeah. We may come from the same system, um, meaning Abraham. We may come from that same system of faith, but we do not have the same God. Why is that? Because Christians are the only ones who believe in a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Muslims do not believe that. And if they don't believe that, then we do not have the same God. Jews do not believe that either. Right. And even though we come from Jews... That's the, why Jesus literally got killed, because Jesus. the Jews don't believe in that. They don't believe in that. <laughs> so even though they would worship you know, Adonai, Yahweh, the same God that we worship, the transition was Jesus. And so, so if you don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father, we do not believe in the same God. Yes. Did we come from the same system? Sure. Absolutely. Not the same do. God. Yeah. So that's where I struggle with this idea. You know, I think he wants to make it very clear that you must not have any other God but me. Absolutely. And so if you don't believe in Jesus, you're believing in another God that you've created. And, and more importantly, if you're not careful, there are sects of Christianity that believe in a different kind of Jesus and it's not mm. the Jesus of the Bible. It's a Jesus that they have come up with, or some dude along the way said, you know, I don't think Jesus is like this. He's like this. And then you've made your own Jesus up, and that's how you interpret things. Like, and so, and, and that's just that's just the, the the bare minimum of different gods. But then, yeah, you're right. We have we have money. I mean, how many of us out there worship money? Mm-hmm. I mean, we freak out if um, we can't pay our bills. Well, why is that? Well, because you were focused on what you could get that became your God, um, your job, your children. Children is huge. Um, Christianity, if we're not careful, we can worship um, um, uh, um, symbols. You know, we can tradition. worship. Yeah, we can worship tradition. We can worship mm-hmm. the cross, then, then Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can worship uh, worship music. Than Jesus, we could worship, um, you know, the type of church I'm looking for rather than Jesus. We could worship uh, communion, you know, things like that. We can worship the symbols of Christianity rather than Jesus Himself, you know, instead of letting those symbols lead us to Jesus. Um, so those are the things that we all have to be super careful with, and that's why He makes it very clear that He's a jealous God, and there are no other gods, mm-hmm. and He is to be worshipped. Um, which again. That that's why rule number one is I love you guys, but here, so here's what I want you to do: don't worship any other gods. Um, those gods didn't get you out of Egypt. <laughs> those gods did not. Mm-hmm. Those gods did not get you out of sin. I think that's important for us to remember. Why is God say like? <clears throat> why does God do glory, justice, and honor? Yeah, because He's holy. There's no other god. Yeah, like that's why. <laughs> I, I so I think that like the transition then for me is you know as you trust him and as we know him as we come to know him um, why is understanding that those who follow Jesus then are no longer sinners but are children of God because I kind of that's how we kind of ended the message this past week but why 
Why is that important? Because two weeks ago, we talked about the idea that you have to be a sinner mm-hmm. um, in order to be saved. So everybody's like, yeah, 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 I'm a sinner. That's great. But, but you got to keep reading. You know, you got to keep understanding is that, okay, but now, uh, why is it important that we no longer see ourselves as sinners, but as children of God? Why is that important for us? Why is that important for, uh, important for the church? Why is that important for our faith? Uh, things like that. What do you guys think? Well, it's an identity. So it's like, are you putting your identity in all the stuff you've done wrong? Or are you putting your identity in who Christ calls you to be? Yeah. You know, what Christ calls you, what what your name is bought from your Heavenly Father, not what your name is in all the <laughs> junk that you're wrestling with. I, um, I've heard people say this to me over the years. I think I've heard some say it to me in this church, too. But that they love coming to church to feel guilty. Dude, a lot of people, a lot of people I know <clears throat> would say that if you if you don't leave church like feeling like you're garbage, <laughs> then you didn't go to church. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm not even I'm not I'm not kidding. Those like are that's, they literally masochists. will say those people aren't preachers. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like if, if that preacher isn't making you feel like junk, then now on the opposite side, you know, I'm not here to just pat you on your back. You're right. like, yeah. you know what? It's okay. You're supposed to give an applicable challenge. Yeah. And not an absolute beatdown <laughs> or a pat on the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Like a beatdown leaves you in the dirt, ran over. You're done. You're, you're gone. Well, you know, it, that also implies, too, that if you're supposed to feel guilty after every single message, then, then that means that sometime throughout your week, you've forgotten how sinful that you are. You know what right, I mean? Right, and then it's just a repetitive cycle. And then you remember cycle. it on Sunday, so cycle. then like, you're probably not living it out the rest of the week. Yeah. You know? You're like, ah, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing these things. I feel bad about that. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday come, and you're back to your old ways. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like you've never really what, made the change. That's a great one. That's a great segue. So then, um, so the question then we got to ask is, do we act like children of God then? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Hmm. You know, so, so the idea of, uh, yeah, I'm not, here's what we're not saying. We're not saying that you are now no longer without sin. That is not what we're saying. We're saying that our identity is now no longer surrounded by the sins. So the question is, is how are we dying to... uh, Scripture tells us, Jesus says this, you must take up your cross daily. So when you get up on Tuesday morning, are you saying, Lord, help me die to myself today? Hmm. When Friday gets here, and and I know it's Friday because we're all looking for the weekend, right? Jesus, help me to die to myself today. Mm-hmm. Are we doing that? Right. You know, are we living a child, a child of God life? Yeah, it's like it's like three sixty five. It's not, it's not fifty two, mm-hmm. right? It's not fifty two out of three sixty five. Because if we're not careful, we can really do that. Nick, you're looking at me a little funny. Fifty two weeks in a year. I know exactly right? what you mean. No, no, I'm surprised you didn't use twenty four seven. I just think oh, twenty four seven, fifty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can make our listeners do math. You know, true, true, yeah. true, 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 true. Gen Zers. True. Yeah, we don't do math. Gen or, Z doesn't do math. Or like on Google Friday it. nights from eight p.m. to midnight, you're not a Christian. You know. Oh, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> you're getting a little crazy there. I'm just saying, hey, that was a double life that <laughs> or I lived homecoming for a long weekend. Time, you know, I thought if I could still make it to church, even if I stumbled stumbled on stage with beer still on my breath and hung and, and hung over, I thought I was still gonna get my reward in heaven for playing on Sunday mornings. Never tithed, never did nothing. I just Goodness. played. That's crazy. That's yeah, it's awful. That's your worship leader, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> But that's so many people. I mean, well, not still. No, 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 no. So I made, it, I made go, the change. Uh, here's the last question. Have you entered a relationship? This is actually a part of the A group's questions this week, too, is have you entered a relationship with God through the door of faith 
or have you been trying to behave your way in? Mm-hmm. Because then that's a difference between am I a sinner or am I a child of God too? Yeah. You know, have you entered a relationship with God through the door of faith or have you been trying to behave your way in? I think most people are behaving. Yeah, for or, sure. Or, or at least trying to, but see, then you're putting, you're, you're putting, this is not actually what you're doing, but this is what you're trying to do, okay? You're trying to, you know, be saved by your works, That's, you know? So it's like if you're going through the motions or if you're behaving when you have to or behaving when you think God is watching or behaving just when you think other Christians are watching, then it is just like, look at what I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, I do this, 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 and this, and this. I fit in your little puzzle piece, so I'm good, rather than, you know, recognizing what you're actually doing and struggling and yeah. falling apart and you're broken. Yep. Or people, I think God has really shown me recently that you got to stop hoping you're good. Like, you got to stop hoping you're good. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to ever hear a Christian ask me, like, well, I just don't know. Dude, shut up. You're not getting it. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I would yeah. tell my friends that. Obviously, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not just going to, like, hit somebody with that. But the idea is, dude, stop questioning. Like, this is what God said. You better believe it, seal it, stamp it, and move on. Like, yeah. I think we keep identifying as sinners because we're denying God's work and God's power in our lives. We seriously are. Like, we are living lives consistently denying what God is capable of and what he is doing. Like, if we truly believe that Jesus overcame the grave, Jesus, like, he's all-powerful. But we're just in here like, well, yeah, you know, I just can't get over this thing. It's like, and I'm telling you, I'm saying this out of a place that I have been there. I'm not saying this out of a place of judgment, but it's like, I have lived that life saying, well, you know, I just, yeah. It's like, dude, if you struggle with the same thing for five years, brother, you're not struggling, you're choosing it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, are. The difference between a sinner and a mistaker. Yeah, you, you're choosing I think people it. need to hear that, for you're, sure. And I say that from a place that has been there. <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying that from a, oh, you guys stink and I'm awesome. It's a, I know because I've lived there. Yeah. Well, see, I think that's where people will um, grab a hold of their ailments and just run with it, you know? Like people, and I'm not putting down any sort of mental health stuff. I'm just using it as an example. Somebody that says, oh, well, I'm a depressed person. Okay. So you've already concluded you, that you're that's who you are. Right, yeah. So <clears throat> you you've made that identity for yourself, you know, rather than just saying I'm a person that that struggles with depression from time to time. Yeah. You know, or like um I am a um Okay, so I stutter, right? Yeah. If I just went around, oh, I'm a stutterer, mm-hmm. you know, all of the time, then I'm not allowing that to ever change. Yep. That's who I am. Yep. I've adopted it. That's what know? Moses did. Right, yeah. yeah. And so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able, there's, if, if I've declared that for myself, I do believe there's power in what we say, mm-hmm. okay? If I declare that for myself, then I'm not giving God any room in my life to rid me of that, you know? Yeah. Rather than saying, you know, I'm a stutterer, that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's yep. like, yeah, I, when I get too excited, some, sometimes I'll, I'll fumble my words around, you know? Yeah, for it's sure. totally different. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that's who you are, though. It's just a characteristic of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, <coughs> excuse me, I, um, I was taught my whole life that I was lazy, and it was because I, I didn't measure up to what my dad had decided was not lazy. And, um, and so I still struggle believing that. And there's probably parts of my life that I'm lackluster in, um, because I still think at times, man, I'm just, I need to improve because I know I'm lazy. 
but that's because that's what I've been taught. Mm -hmm. And and I have to fight that voice all of the time because I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, it's just because there's things that my dad was passionate about that I'm not passionate about. But I have I have a master's degree. My dad didn't go to school. I'm not comparing that I'm better than my dad. I'm just saying that I did something my dad didn't do. So is my dad lazy for struggling through school yeah. and not caring? No. Because it looks different. It, it's, it's okay different. that it looks different, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, have a t I have a major emphasis in my kids' lives that my dad never did. Does that mean my dad uh, didn't love us? I don't think that's true. Um, it's just that's what he knew how to do. So, um, but, man, we have the, we have the power to kind of tell us who we are, and we hold on to that DNA or that characteristics or our identity Instead of Jesus saying, no, no, um, I tell you what your identity is. And your identity is that you're mine. You know, you're a child. Um, you're my son. You're my daughter. And, and then through that, that's where we grow and move. Like the idea of salvation. Um, you know, I hear people say, oh, I don't, need to be, I don't need to be a part of the church to be a Christian. You're right. You're right. Salvation is between you and the Lord only. You don't need the church for that. But when you have salvation, you are then to work it out, as Scripture says. And how do you do that? In community. That's what it teaches us. And so that's why, again, I can't earn my way into heaven. I, I just have to recognize I'm a sinner. And when I say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, I believe that you died for them. I believe you rose from the dead. Help me to follow you now. That, that, that is the moment I am accepting the gift of salvation that has already been extended to me 2,000 years ago. And so in that moment, then I'm free. Now I am to work it out. So, um, and that's why James t tells us that faith without works is dead. So like, if you have salvation, now you are to work on your salvation. Not because you're not saved yet. It's because you're saved that I need to work. You know, I want to serve in the church. I want to make a difference in our community. I want to share the gospel with people. I want to disciple. I want to learn how to be discipled. You know, those are the things that I need to work on. And while I'm doing that, the Lord's going to continue to wipe out the sin in my life that I am so accustomed to doing because my flesh desires that, but my spirit doesn't. And so, um, and that's why Paul always says we're in a battle of this flesh and blood. And oh, we're not, uh, we're not in. Um, we're we're in a, our spirits always in a battle with our flesh, and and then through that, we have to die to that every single day. So, mm -hmm. again, you can't earn your salvation. Um, and that's why there are rules. Mm -hmm. yeah. I I really think that the reason people <sighs> I don't know how to word this because I'm talking about myself, but the reason we I we struggle with the we, we struggle with sin the way that we do is because if we are a sinner, mm -hmm. then that's what we do. Mm -hmm. If my identity is that I am a sinner, well, yep. what do I do? I sin. sin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's like you're I can't walking, fight it. I can't beat it. Yeah, it's you're like, just well, a walking am. sinner. I'm just a sinner. Yeah. It is what it is. And it's like, no. <laughs> like mm -hmm. Jesus did not say it is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he, he did not say, okay, well... I guess the only thing about you that's going to change is that you're going to believe in me. Yeah. Okay, well, if your belief is a simple, a simple, okay, I believe it, now what? Well, you're denying the power of God. 
Yes. Because the idea is that your belief is also, by the way, your belief is not of your own. Like, mm-hmm. like belief is granted by God, mm-hmm. right? So if you have faith, it's not of your own. You were brought to it. Yeah. And so you need to lean into that. The fact that you even know of Jesus and you believe in Jesus, yeah. you've got the power of God. Yep. You're okay. Like you, yep. you can say no. Yeah. And I'm preaching to myself. You can say <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah, for sure. Right. And that's the idea is that you are not a sinner. Yeah. You are somebody who sins. Yep. That, and that's the point. Um, you are a child of God. And then we, we need to live that way now. But that means I need to wake up every day saying, Lord, help me to die to myself today. Get in his word. Pray. Get out the door. Do, do whatever it is you have to do. But during the day, don't forget that he goes with you and you are to be with him throughout the day. And then, by the way, at the end of the night, finish your night with him, whatever that looks like, and, and repeat the process the next day. Mm-hmm. And keep doing that until your until eternity is fulfilled. And so, anyways, that um, that I think if anything walked away, if if they walked away with anything this past weekend, my hope was that they understood that relationship always precedes rules, always. Um, that the rules aren't there because I want a relationship with you. The rules are there because you're a part of me, um, not because you have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, to, we're doing this together, and therefore we have rules. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think that's beautiful. I mean, that's the whole point. To be in a good American, the reason we have the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and stuff, at least in the very beginning of the country, it was to say we desire to be in a relationship with one another, mm-hmm. Um, that is free from the horrific rule of the king of England. Um, yeah, they were escaping. It's interesting to note. They were escaping rules, <laughs> but they didn't just say, okay, we're not going to have rules. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They right? said these rules are going to protect us. In fact, they're going to protect the people mm-hmm. because we want to make sure that nobody is a dictator. We want the people to decide. Mm-hmm. Now, 250 years later, it's a mess. Because people True. are people, but yeah. um, I think if people innately agree that yeah. rules do keep things from going off the rails. They do. Okay, but then it's deciding the rules, yeah, enforcing the rules, yeah. and yeah. what the punishment is for disobeying the rules. Yeah, that's sure. when Earth just yeah, and that's why we always hold on it. to the rules that God has for us because those are because He loves us mm-hmm. and He wants to protect us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And from one another. And Isn't it Paul in Romans that says, d- does that mean that law is unsinful? By no means. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, yeah. Was that Romans 7, 8? Some, yeah. Something in there? I, and that's the picture is, is that that's when we have to change our mindset from my physical living life right now to my eternal life. I have to constantly th- be thinking that I'm eternal now. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do has consequences eternally. So... Whether I step outside today, get in my car and go home and my life ends today because of an accident and not even my fault, but it ends today, I need to be prepped and ready for that moment. Um, and that's why it's important to have a relationship with Jesus. So, And that is the role of rules. That's correct. All right. All right, everybody. Well, um, what's coming up next week? Yeah, so next week again is Be Generous Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the following week is then we jump back into... Um, uh, starting point when we get to our fifth one. I'm really excited about the next four after that because it really starts to build on, okay, there's now expectations of me and how does that go and how do I work in that? So, But anyways, this Sunday is Be Generous. Uh, please, please, please be there and bring someone with you. Yep. 
All right, everybody, we want to thank you guys for uh, diving in deep with us as we talked about the role of rules today. Um, scripture that was brought up was stuff in Exodus, stuff in Romans, stuff just just, just all over the place. Just just read the Bible, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best advice. Nick, sign off. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just read, read the Bible. Go read the Word, dude. <laughs> all right, well, we want to thank you guys for going beyond the row, and we will be back with you next week. Thank you, guys. Be blessed.